Hey, hey, everybody. Happy. What is it today? The 26th. I'm recording of this. Uh, September 26th. I know. I know. We, we, we were gone last week. Sorry about that. A couple things. Uh, me and Aaron had actually gone on a trip to Art Prize in Grand Rapids the week before. And just how schedules lined up. We didn't have anything recorded. Um, I wasn't feeling the best. Uh, Aaron actually wasn't sick. We were supposed to have a normal episode this week, but Aaron was sick. So I told him, Hey, you know what? It's okay. Take time, rest up. I'd rather you feel better than try to hack a lung up while we're trying to record. And when I say hack a lung up, he was in pretty rough shape. So it wouldn't have, uh, flowed too well. So, and you know, so I told him just take away uh, a week, rest, recover relax and we all need that once in a while we really do we all need to take a, a step back from our busy life and say i need this time to refocus to heal up to rest up for what's coming next and that that's what just what was needed so hopefully you know by god's grace next week we'll be back to our normal self our normal schedule our normal both of us going back and forth and yeah i know this past month i get it i saw it uh my head was crazy huge on the videos whoops that was my bad i zoomed in too far take care of that next time lessons learned you know we're on a shoestring budget but you know to do this we're not making any money uh, we do this for fun so things will happen once in a while you know what we live we learn we move on and uh, we laugh about it along the way. Because if you can't laugh at yourself about things, what can you laugh about? Because often we're our own best sources of humor in this life. So before I got started in uh, today's episode, and I, it's going to be shorter um, just because it's me alone. And it has been a while since it's just been me alone on an episode. So before we get into that, what were we covering in the next uh four episodes here well obviously we're going to continue doing j.i packers knowing god okay it's been a good book i do have some uh i guess you could say qualms with packer but I, he's human i can have qualms with him i can disagree with certain things he says and that's fine i can say overall the book is good while i have these you know little things over here but they're not so much so uh, of an issue that i wouldn't say hey it's not worth a read so Packer, continuing on with that, uh, we're doing Bottom of the Barrel by Rusty T. Ship, which just drives me, well, I shouldn't say drives me nuts, but it's kind of interesting that his name is Rusty Ship and then he named the band Rusty Ship. Anyways, we're doing that as well. And then we're going to cover just our time in uh, Grand Rapids, Art Prize, Art, uh, the responsibility we have for art and the, even the message that conveys and i'll have some examples of what i mean by that when we go through that so that one obviously if you're listening on audio you're not going to get what we're talking about we'll we'll try to describe it but you know it is what it is as much as i'd like to be able to describe to you a piece of art that piece of art is not going to be very well described in audio format unless we spend a lot of time doing it which you know, not, you know, just go, go check us out on video on YouTube. 
And then the last thing we'll be doing is talking about some Bible translations, some bad ones, actually, some actually some uh, very bad ones. Uh, the first one that was translated all through AI into pirate dialect. Yeah, it's as bad as it sounds already. OK, I get it. Uh, we're also going to talk about the passion translation and how bad the translation that one is as well as the CCP or the Communist Chinese Party's official translation that project that they have going on. They started back in about 2017 or so, and they said it's going to be about a 10-year project before that Bible is translated. So we'll be talking about that, having some excerpts from all those, showing how they kind of change the meaning of the Bible. Um, in some, like the pirate, horribly wrong uh just changing the whole meaning of the phrase um and then and, and it was unintentional because again it was all done by ai so people are only reviewing it so much when they're doing ai version another reason why to be careful with ai usage and then the other one is like the ccp they're intentionally doing it to change it to fit their morals and their structure and what they want or in the CCP, just how it goes. And then the passion translation. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. So that's coming up in the next month. So something to look forward to on that. Now, before I uh, continue on here, I, I know I put this out on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it these days, Elon's channel, whatever it is, uh, that back in August, I was a part of another podcast um, as a guest. Wasn't like branching out doing a second thing here. Uh, that wasn't something that was happening. But anyways, this other podcast was called Other People's Shoes Podcast. Um, it can be found at the website OPSpodcast.com. That's OPSpodcast.com. And I'll pull up on the screen here. There we go. That's that's the correct thing. As you know, there was an op in there. <laughs> so yeah, back in August 9th, um, the episode is entitled Other Side of the Coin. And this was a guy that I saw. He reached out on Facebook and was like, hey, I'm looking for guests for my uh, se current season of the podcast. Uh, at the time, it was season 14. He's now on season 15. I was near the end of 14. And he said, this is what I'm looking for. Um, who's all interested. And I responded and said, Hey, I'd be interested to come on. Little did I know. And little did the, uh, the guy who interviewed me, who runs a podcast, little, little did he know that I would actually be kind of like a rebuttal to a previous episode. And that previous episode is all the way back from May of this year, same season, same season, 14. Uh, this guy right here, Brian Netzel, uh, the episode title is agree to disagree. And I'll, I'll encourage you this, listen to, well, listen to the episode I was on because why not? Why wouldn't you? But listen to both episodes. First off, if you have the time, it's like an hour 40, uh, time commitment, about 50 minutes each for, for each of us. Um, so hour 40 together, listen to both and hear how both of us have gone down different paths when faced with similar situations. It, it, and I'll say this, I do disagree with Brian's interpretation 
of scripture that he has regarding the situation. Definitely disagree with that completely. Um, as you all are aware, as you've listened to back in May, and if you listen to this episode, you'll listen and find out, you know, refresher on your side of what it is. That being said, if you listen, okay, and here's my statement on this. If you listen, listen, you can disagree. In fact, I'm, uh, I would assume most people who listen here would probably disagree with Brian, which is fine. But don't seek him out on like social media or the comment section of the podcast or whatever. Don't seek him out and just like braille on him or be negative or whatnot. If you're going to disagree, do so respectfully, do so kindly, do so lovingly. Because that, how we say our words, what we say matters, yes. But how we say them also matters. Our language, our words, uh, as they uh, was brought up at church this past week, have the ability to bring life or death. I can tell you directly that is true based on what I have gone through in the past personally with mental health and that. Words can bring either that life or that death to the situation. Words can be helpful or they can be a big hindrance. And it's it's real easy. It's really easy to be so negative and so mean and so evil in what we think is a caring way with someone we disagree with, especially when we go, oh, you are twisting and manipulating scripture in a way I don't agree with. And I would agree with you on that assessment. But there is a way to do it lovingly and caringly with them still. I'm not saying to compromise at all on what Scripture says. Far be it. Stick to it. Hold to it. But I'm saying that there is a way to go ahead and do it in a way that they will respond and listen and not immediately shut you out going, oh, this is just another one of those crazy Christians that thinks the Bible says this, this, and this, when I think it says this, this, and this. It's, if you attack it with the negativity that our culture is so prone to doing, it's an immediate shutdown from the other person. So that, that, that's my first, I just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, so if you have an hour 50, go check it out. Um, I haven't listened to the current season just because haven't had a chance yet. Been busy with other things, but it's definitely worth a listen. Now, the one thing I love about the internet, about the United States, is the, the ability to host differences of, of opinions online and in person. And it's something that is great for for now. Um, unfortunately, I fear that this may be something that we'll lose in the not too distant future. And that's something that I think is great about, you know, the current state of affairs that we're in, even seeing how dangerous and weird it can be at times in the political space and online with opinions and everything else. And so we'll see what it looks like in a year or two, sadly, because we do have elections next year. So I have a feeling 
that will accelerate whatever kind of social decay takes us into the Hunger Games type world that we are ultimately destined to be in. But I, I do appreciate that right now we do have the ability and the freedom to disagree on subjects without one of us going to jail about it again, currently. Um, we'll see how this is in the, a year or two. There have been some chilling recent events that kind of gives me that dystopian vibe and feel of things of people going or not going, but being sent to jail for like 60 days or so for words that they have said, which is really kind of concerning on multiple levels regarding this topic, which was covered in the podcast, other people's shoes, uh, both my episode and the other episode. I know what the scripture says. Uh, if you listen to the May episodes and if you talk to me in person, let's say, well, if you talk to me in person directly and everything, right? You, you'll know that I do affirm what scripture says about marriage and that. You'll know that I will not go to a church that affirms gay marriage. It's not even an option. Like, when I was searching for a new church recently, earlier this year, that was one of the criteria. That they had to have somewhere in their statement, somewhere, their stance on sexuality and marriage. Why is that important? Because I wanted a church that didn't, that had that statement there, so that way they couldn't, over time, weasel away and say, well, we didn't put this anywhere. We didn't, we didn't say this directly. We weren't very specific about it. So always we've kind of been this way, affirming, but now we're just being publicly affirming. Because I've seen that before. I've seen that with churches before. And I, obviously not me being a part of them, but I've seen that remotely with people I know in those churches and then the things that happen and just watching go crazy over time. So like I said, regarding this topic, I fully know what scripture says. I'm fully in agreement with it. And I have to say that now because even that's not a, a, a common thing, a thing that is get necessarily guarantee even in all evangelical areas and fields and uh, people that you talk to. This concept of same-sex marriage and that is getting acceptance and foothold in the church at an alarming rate that, I mean, yeah, we know people are sinful. People are going to do what they want, but I never thought personally it would go at the rate that it does. So I never thought I'd have to say that, you know, that I'm full in agreement with what most people from an evangelical background that they say is true, I never thought I'd have to say that I'm full in agreement with the Bible, even though I follow that those evangelical lines, because I know how those evangelical lines and traditions and all that are starting to change and capitulate to what the world wants. Hmm. And I know that the Bible on this subject is not open for interpretation on that fact. And it makes me sad that, you know, Churches are going, well, it doesn't agree with my feelings. It makes me sad. You know, 
And I and I, I like Ben Shapiro for this one piece here, where he says facts, and in this case, biblical facts, biblical foundation, biblical truth, biblical interpretation in the weird way of saying it now, the, the historical way of interpreting the Bible on sexuality, gender, and marriage. That doesn't care about your feelings. God's word is not influenced and changed by your feelings, regardless of how harsh that feels. It's the same, and it's the truth today, yesterday, tomorrow. Now, I say all this, right? And, 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 I, and so I put that in one hand. On this other hand, I, I put, you know, the fact that I am an American. I am here in America where we do have the, this thing called the First Amendment. No compelled speech, no, you know, forced speech. We have freedom of speech. This doesn't mean that there's not consequences for speech. Uh, we've all seen that, that that is a thing. But what it really means is the government can't come and say, you must say this or you may not say this. Um, however, we have seen... Even recently, people jailed, you know, for 60, 90 days because of things that they have said and they've been jailed by the government because of things they said. So there's kind of that fine line. That's why I said in a year or two, we'll see how it goes, right? And I'm all fine with free speech, even if it's things I may not disagree, I may not agree with. I may not disagree with. That means I would agree with them. Um, even if they're things that I may not agree with, I am fine of people having those opinions, having those statements, and being able to say them, be able to protest for them, be able to do whatever. You know why I'm fine of that? Because I'm confident in knowing something. I'm confident in knowing he who controls the fate of the world. I'm confident in knowing that he knows what happens next. And I'm confident in knowing who is in charge and care of my soul. I don't have to fear about someone else's speech if that's going to cause me to lose my salvation. Because my faith is in Christ alone. My faith isn't in what protester A over here is protesting about and if they're right or wrong. My care and worry isn't about this person over here and them protesting about things and worrying about, is that going to change fate? God already knows what's going to happen, and he's already laid the foundation for things, whether we, however we may not see it or however we may see it. So I, I, that's why I'm like, they can protest. That's fine. People can protest. People can um, have these conversations on podcasts, such as other people's shoes, where I'm, I, I, you know, obviously I'm not the one editing it, so I have no control or editorial control over anything over there. but. I'm fine with being on the same podcast, I guess, uh, channel with this, our person, because I know again, where my faith is, where my trust is. I don't have to worry about the fact that if he says something that's different than what I say, that there's going to be any issues. My only concern is honoring and pleasing God. Everything else, you know, let it happen. It's because of all that that I don't care if people protest in opposition to um, a group that I belong to or me directly. 
um, because of some view that I hold on to that is consistent with biblical values. And that can happen whenever, however, whatever. I, I remember back when I was a student at Cornerstone University. So this had to be, oh, geez, sometime around like 2003, 2005, somewhere in there, because I started going to Cornerstone in 2002. Um, so Cornerstone University is in Grand Rapids, Michigan on East Beltline Avenue. Now, East Beltline is kind of a busy road. It's kind of a big road. It's kind of one of the main thoroughfares there. So we have the university on one side of the road. The other side of the road, we have uh, what's called Meyer Garden. It's an art and sculpture garden, essentially. It's pretty cool. We actually uh, went there and walked around the Japanese gardens in, in there when we were there in Grand Rapids. It was kind of cool. It was under construction last time I was there. So I was like, hey, hey, you know what? We haven't seen that yet. So we went there. Anyways, so there was this protest going on at the school. And it was on the Meyer side of East Beltline. And it was regarding what was starting to become a bubbling point in the thing at that time, um, LGBTIAP plus um, alphabet soup issues. At that time, it was just LGB. You know, the letters have been added on many, 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 many times over, over the years since then. But while I was at the school, there was a big debate going on on what to do if the people crossed onto the school side of the street and onto school property, as well as what to do if students from Cornerstone should go join in the protest as well. And, and the people who want to do that and the people who did do it, they argued that they were being loving to their neighbors, and that's why they were crossing the line, so to speak, and going to protest with them on this. Now, I have my thoughts on all that, but think from above. It's pretty clear on what I think on that, but don't want to spend too much time going over that right now. Okay. Now, what this ultimately did do is this sparked a conversation in, in the dorms and in classes and that if people should be allowed to protest in a place like Cornerstone that at the time was pretty biblically solid. I say at the time, um, and as an alum of Cornerstone, I'm actually kind of sad to see these things happen. Um, the previous president that came in, supposed to be this great, solid guy, he actually introduced a lot of DEI initiatives into the school, which, well, that's a reason why they get 100% of zero from me, you know, because schools will call up their alumni and go, hey, you know, you, you enjoyed your time at this university. Give us some money so we can uh, give scholarships and foundations and all this stuff. And I go, uh, no, you're getting 100% of zero from me. And that, that's just how it is. Uh, but I digress. Um, the conversation at the time, I'll admit, I didn't fully grasp and understand things in life. When I was a young college student, I, 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 that wasn't expected of me to fully grasp that either. So I'll admit, you know, during that time, I was, I was very much like, they shouldn't be protesting this. This is anti-biblical. They shouldn't be doing anything like this. I've grown since then. And, and like I said before, you know, they, they can protest it. I may not agree with it. But here, at least in the U.S., they have the freedom to do so. And I would hope that, and I know it's not going to happen, but I would hope that if there was something that happened that I joined a protest for, you know, let's say abortion or something like that, that they would 
offer the same sort of grace and that I would now extend and say, oh, I don't agree with them, but they they have the right to protest and do whatever. I know that's not going to happen, but one could dream in a fantasy land, right? So that's what I do. I dream in the fantasy land in that regard. <laughs> so like I said, the conversation at the time, I didn't understand. I, I really didn't. And since then, I've grown, matured. And the fact is that most people I, I disagree with the most, those that I think that are outside of what the Bible says, even though I think they are 100% wrong, they still have the right, at least in the current state of the United States government and the United States of America, to voice their opinions, to protest, to raise their voice. And as I've gotten older, though it pains me to see people do things like that, pains me because I know of the things that they are, that they are doing and the, some of the things that they are promoting that are outside the, the confines of biblical orthodoxy. Legally, they have the right. And honestly, like I said, even though I disagree with it, legally at this point, I will at least respect them enough to let them do what they want to do without interrupting them. It is their legal right. And, you know, now obviously if I come across one and, you know, they're yelling at me right in my face or something like that, we might have a conversation. But it's not going to be one of those conversations where I'm yelling back or I'm cussing at them. I don't cuss to begin with, really. Anyways, but this might lead to a conversation because I'm fine if you want to protest, but if you start getting my face, yeah, I'll admit sometimes the Mexican in me comes out and we might have to have a lead, a little bit of a, a conversation about things and how to be respectful of other people's opinions. Might be a little forceful conversation at first, just to get them to understand and uh, listen, but hopefully it comes down and it can be respectful in the end, right? And like I said, I know they probably wouldn't protect my right to speak on things that they disagree with or protest or whatnot, but I'd hope they would. I'd kind of live in that fancy land. Now, I say all that because the next thing. I 100% disagree with what this man is doing. But I believe, like anyone else that I disagree with, no matter how much it pains me to say it, he can say what he wants, and he'll just have to face legal consequences for some of the stuff, uh, depending on if he crosses into saying stuff that's illegal or defamation or stuff like that. But at the same time, negative comments towards people that you disagree with, if you've ever, if you've ever had someone that you have majorly disagreed with. Now, the phrase, you know, flies, you catch more flies with honey, that's not directly in the Bible. Now, um, there's kind of the concepts of it, but what, when I think of that phrase, uh, you'll catch more flies with honey sort of deal. I think of, um, Proverbs 19. So let me pull this up here. Hey, look at that. It worked. So using my fancy dancy logos, Bible software. So 19, one through 14. Um, let us actually, let me zoom in because I realize that that is hard to read on the screen. Look at that. That makes it so much easier for you to read on the screen, doesn't it? So Proverbs 19, um, and 
I, I read from the English Standard Version most of the time. I don't use the desktop version most of the time. I'm using the mobile version. But so if you see stuff heart underlined or highlighted, whatever, I don't think there's really any in here except for, yeah, right here. That's okay. Oh, no, I got a couple up there later on here. Oh, they're up in 18. Okay, anyways. So 19. Uh, so ignore if you see any highlighting or anything like that. That's because my notes, my highlights that I was taking at some other time. So anyways, Proverbs 19. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Huh. Which, just side quick side note, and I think I said this, um, my church recently started a series on speech, which will be very interesting um, because I want to have Aaron listen to it and us have a conversation again about language. Because as any of you who know, you know, me and Aaron are on two separate sides of this conversation. One, it's not one where it causes, for the most part, it, it doesn't cause any issues. Um, this is one of those, I guess you could say secondary issues where, you know, internally we have a debate about it, um, about language. Um, I am very much one who doesn't believe in swearing, cussing, and all that because I know the damage it can do where Aaron goes, well, it's just a word. Words. Words have power. So we'll get back to that. That'll probably be something in um, 2024 when the church finishes that series. I'll have Aaron listen to it, and then we'll maybe have a conversation about it. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay? Anyways. Sorry, speech brought it up. ADD, ADHD brain sometimes. Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. I'll tell you what, that one is so true. I've seen that so many times, even in my own life. And I just zoomed far away from there. Okay. Because when I give out gifts, everyone's my friend. It's amazing. Anyways, continue on. All a poor man's brothers hate him. How much more do the, his friends go far from him? He pursues them with his words, but does not have them. Whoever gets sense. That's a weird phrasing always, and it always trips me up. Whoever gets sense loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. It is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury, much less for a slave to rule over princes. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. A king's wrath is like the growling of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. A foolish son is ruined to his father, and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer, suffer hunger. By the way, if, if you're looking for a way to 
jumpstart and get into things. Proverbs is a great way to start reading because it's not the heaviest of things. And there's some definitely wisdom in there. Vinegar, honey, not really in there, but people like to always say it like it is in the Bible. It's not, sorry. Uh, but the, go, through, go read some Proverbs. Go read Proverbs 19. Start with that. Anyways, uh, being negative towards a person will, you know, like publicly criticizing them, sending negative comments their way, whatever, will harden their heart greatly and easily and directly. And it'll force them to not back down from their position. And in this case, them, I'm saying Mike Lindell. Yeah, Mike Lindell. That one, the one that sells you pillows and slippers and dog beds and towels and whatever else it can make out of foam and cotton. And I have to say, as a person who had bought one of his pillows in the past, uh, the original My Pillow Pillow, it is chunky and squarish to lay on at first. It is annoying. It takes time before you can compact down that foam so it's not so pointy. And I understand I have a bigger head than most, so mine compacted down real easily. Some of you guys with smaller heads it won't be as comfortable as quickly. But he has a lot to that people can be. Um, negative on him about uh from the election stuff to everything else going on and like i said i 100 percent disagree with what he's doing he definitely has the right to do it i think legally yes he does have the right but at the same time he is someone who is professing to be a christian he is someone who is professing the faith to be a brother in christ with everyone and in all honesty, and I hope he uh, attends a weekly service. I don't know if he does or not. Okay. I, if he does, I hope he does. You know, someone, you know, the, the leadership there at the church probably should have a conversation with him, but that needs to be a private thing, not a thing where they go, oh, we have a conversation with Lindell and we're going to publicize it and put it on the news to shame him and all this other stuff. We all make mistakes and we all do foolish things and we all do things that need correcting. Yeah, he just happens to do it very publicly on the internet, um, either through the depositions that they release, you know, where he's cussing up a storm and doing all this stuff, or his My Pillow commercials, or his Lindell TV stuff, or all this other stuff. Okay. And as I said, just sending him criticism and negativity, that'll harden him up. He'll force him to not back down from his position and he'll entrench him, him, himself in an us versus them situation, saying that they'll always come at him for what he says and that that must mean he's on the right side of things. That's how people think, unfortunately. So yeah, that Lindell, right? So... Like I said, he has the right to say what he wants as much as we may disagree with it. However, where it does start to get problematic, where it does start to get, um, I guess, ish, not, not so much uh, the speech as maybe the action. So we have the elections coming up 2024. And with Lindell, I always have to kind of keep an eye on what is he doing because he, he's still on the 2020 election was stolen thing. I'm not disagreeing 
that there were inconsistencies with the votes. What I disagree with is his assertion on how the election was manipulated. We already know through articles that the election was fortified. Um, they freely admit that it was fortified. And for you audio listeners, fortified is in quotes. Um, they, they freely admit that they fortified the election uh, to fit their needs, essentially. Now, he's going on about how the votes were changed and all this other stuff. Um, he hasn't shown any proof, any evidence, and I'm a guy who needs data. I need to see the facts. I need to see proof of things. I would make a horrible disciple back in Jesus's time because I'd be like, I would be like Thomas. I'd be like, I need to see and feel the hole in your hand. And I get it. Some people go, well, that's okay. I, but I also know I would probably be very hard on that one. <laughs> I'm just admitting my faults and my flaws on that. Okay. Anyways, so. So we have the election coming up and Lindell goes, oh, I have the way to save our election 2024. One that will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt about the cheating of the elections with voting machines. So what is the solution? Is it poll workers? No. Is it a way to hash the votes and, you know, line them up with IDs? No. Is it a way to have paper votes, you know, be a backup of electronics and then we have to match them up somehow to make sure that there's fidelity? No. What is it? Nope. It's a WMD. And the moment I heard that, I go, I, I went, what? Um, for those of you older who lived through 2001 time frame, you know, so my age or older. <laughs> wow. That's wow. I'm old. Anyways, for, for those of you here, WMD, you may immediately think of something. You think of weapon of mass destruction. That's not what Lindell thought. Although the first time I heard it, I was like, where is he going to bomb? Why? Sad part is I didn't even cross my head that it wasn't a bomb that he was talking about. Um, WMD in his part is a wireless monitoring device. A Wi-Fi sniffer. And that's not going to just a real quick note. That's not going to be the solution. Not at all. It's dead on arrival. And here's why I mean, mean that. And, and I say it's a stunt more than anything. Network sniffers have been around for years. Okay. That's the first thing. Secondly, if you're not the part of the network, if you're not on the network itself, so if you don't have the Wi-Fi code, if you're not part uh, joined to the Wi-Fi, you're not seeing anything else other than the fact that the device has decided to broadcast that it has a Wi-Fi network card. And that the Wi-Fi network card is on. This does nothing for wired networks. If they run cable to those voting machines, you'll see nothing out of this. Finally, according to his own documentation on his own website, this device does not collect any data other than the device's name on Wi-Fi. That's it. Collects nothing else. No data packets. No connection status, just device's name on Wi-Fi. Oh, and it only has a range of 200 feet. While this may seem like a lot, you have to understand things. Wi-Fi signals, the higher frequency ones, so like your 5G Wi-Fi and your Wi-Fi 6 and soon to be Wi-Fi 7, the higher your Wi-Fi uh, signal, 
uh, the, the higher the frequency of the signal, the easier it is for it to be blocked by material, especially like thick wood or cement. In my apartment, we're not talking thick walls here. From one end of the apartment to the other, the Wi-Fi 6 signal is drastically cut. My router is in the living room. One wall through to my bedroom, that Wi-Fi 6 signal is cut almost in half. Go into another room, like my bedroom, or excuse me, not my bedroom, my bathroom, it's cut down almost another half. That's not that far. My bed, my apartment's not that big. So if they're using something like Wi-Fi 5G, or, which is not the same as cellular 5G, so don't get all in a panic. Or if they're using something like Wi-Fi 6, they might not even get that 200 feet of range that they're talking about. Secondly, it's attached to a drone. You know what that means? It has to fly. You know what that means? You need a licensed drone operator that can see the device at all times, as well as permission from the private property owner to fly the drone above the place. And Lindell's like, oh, we're going to fly this over all the polling places. It's not going to do anything. And here's another why. Even if you got all the drone operators in the world to fly, you got all the permissions, right? <clears throat> that device is going to fly up and it's just scanning for names. Cool. You know what I can do with my phone? I could change my phone's name, have it broadcast a Wi-Fi signal. I'm giving him false data. If I can figure out what the name of uh, one of these, let's say, voting machines is, change my name on it, all of a sudden he's getting false alerts and false data. You know what I then do? Like to take it up a level, if I really wanted to do this, and it'd be easy to do. Get a Arduino box, it's a little computer or a Pi computer, and then program that to just sit there and change names every few minutes on all the and give it multiple wireless cards. Poisons the data, makes it unusable. Again, it, it's not collecting much more than the device's name on Wi-Fi. And this is directly from his documentation. What it doesn't do, does not have the capability to interfere with any network functionality, does not have the capability to, to view or record, inspect, alter, or destroy any actual data being transmitted or received, does not have the capability to view or record, save or publish any login credentials or security information, has none of those capabilities which basically means it can determine what is its Wi-Fi name and is that Wi-Fi device on or off. And like I said, why I think this is all just a show, it's a farce. As much as I think he's deceiving people to donate to his legal funds, as much as I don't like it, I'll stand for his right to do it legally. Again, like I said, this is the question where I have to ask myself. The fact that he claims to represent Christ, and he is doing all this lying, doing all this swearing, and honestly, if I'm being honest, this worshiping of Trump with his mouth and his actions. Um, I've spent, a, I spend a lot of time with my mother on Wednesdays and other days with stuff, and she's always watching Lindell TV. So, oh yeah, it's a little crazy on there but regardless like i said all that's 
you know, should be taken up directly with him as a fellow brother, you know, and taken up with his local congregation that he attends, hopefully. So what did Lindell, the protest, the podcast, all, what did that all have to do with things? Here's what it boils down to. Ultimately, we're going to find people that we disagree with uh, politically, ethically, morally. We're going to find people who say that they are a fellow brother or sister in Christ, and they have completely different interpretations of the gospel, of what the Bible says about Christ. Some that are maybe just mistakes, or some that are deliberately just bad. What do you do in those situations? Do you just shut the other person out? Do you just ignore them? Do you send them so many negative comments that they decide that the best thing in the world is for them to take their own life? I hope not that last one. That one's a whole other conversation. What do you do? And especially if, if we call ourselves Christians, what do we do? People go, oh, just love them. What does that look like? We're to have compassion and grace with people, but we're also to speak truth. And I've been finding it an interesting balance on how to speak truth to a person at the same time how to have that conversation be loving. Where they're not leaving that conversation, even though we disagree, where they're not leaving that conversation feeling like a worthless piece of trash. Because all so often in our world, in, in our daily interactions, what do we see? We see people yelling and screaming over each other to the point where the other person just has to eventually throw up their hands and say, I give up. And it's tempting to do that because then it makes you feel like you were heard, like you were right, like you won. And then you take a step back and you look at it and go, yeah, I won. I was heard. But Christ was completely ignored and silent that whole time. Because I was so focused on doing what I wanted. I was so focused on being correct. I was so focused on having my views presented. I forgot the most important thing, that Christ be a part of the conversation, that Christ be part of the difference there, and that we can leave the conversation while maybe not agreeing, while still on polar opposite sides of things. But having Christ represented, shown to the other person, and that they leave feeling like they were loved still, even though you, they know you two disagree. I have this all the time with various family members that I disagree with 100% on various topics. Whether it be transgenderism, 
gay marriage, abortion, all those, which, which are pretty heavy topics. Those are not like light topics that you sit around and have like a little salad and go, mm, yes, abortion, let's have this little discussion over some tea and salad. Those can be very emotional, very hard and harsh, deep conversations. But the thing that I'm learning as I'm going through this is I have these conversations more and more. And don't get me wrong, I have had over the course of my lifetime some missteps. I've done things wrong. I'm in by no means perfect on these conversations. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But what I have learned through it all is that if I let Christ be known and I don't go, well, I think. Instead, if I go, you know what? The Bible says. Yeah, at first they may be put off. We'd be like, oh, you, you refer to the Bible? You, you defer to that? But eventually what they're going to hear is not so much what I think on something, but what God says on that topic. And that right there is the most important thing of all. That they don't care, they don't hear, and they don't know necessarily what my opinion is. My opinion could be a multitude of things. But they know what the Word of God says about that topic. And you don't just go and, you know, yeah, okay, if you're talking with another person who, you know, claims to be a Christian, yeah, you can just pull out the Bible and read those, those passages, those verses. But during that conversation, you have to find a way to make it applicable to them. And that's always going to depend on the other person and that, and that relationship that you have with them. That's not a simple, I wish it was, a simple, you know, A and B formula. Do A, then B, then C, then D, and you're good to go. It, it's always going to be different. But the things to remember are do it with love, do it with compassion. And do it from God's word. Because then those conversations, no matter how hard and awkward they could be, and oh man, they will be awkward and hard at times. No matter how hard and awkward they are, they always end up being good. They always end up being glorifying to God in the end. Even if you to leave a completely separate thoughts on it. Your goal in life isn't to convert everyone over to your way of thinking necessarily. You may be the person that just plants the seed. And that's true for conversations like this. That's true for, you know, planting the seed of the gospel as well. That is why, you know, all this, that is why we even, me and Aaron, back in the day, 2019, crazy to say, back in the day, I had a lot less gray in the beard. That's why we started to use your words. 
to maybe as much as we could engage in those conversations. Yeah, we failed. We had some success along the way, but we failed at some of those conversations. One of the reviews I wear most proudly was way back early on. We did a, uh, a conversation around transgender athletes, right? And we pulled out scientific data like, hey, look, okay, you know, you know, in men this and women this and men this. You know, we pulled out actual physical or not physical. We, we brought out actual facts from data, from science. And someone was like, oh, this seemed like a good idea, but you obviously are bigoted, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. You obviously didn't, you know, and this was a review, so I didn't have the ability to respond. I was like, so you obviously at least listened. Uh, the the part that they were upset about was the facts. They weren't upset about, you know, us saying, hey, we disagree with this, but still love that transgender person in your life. They weren't upset about that. They were upset about, well, about the, 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 the data. So I think we handled that well. Can we do better? Oh. Always, always we can do better and we learn. And I think we will continue to learn. And I think this will be continue. I think this will continue to be an important muscle to be able to flex as life goes on. Cause we're not going to be seeing it get any simpler anytime soon with these conversations we're having both in public and in private. And when you work for a company that basically says, Anyone can report any of your speech. You know, you sometimes kind of pull back and censor yourself at times. And I lie. I, I won't lie. I, I've, I've caught myself doing that. And I've had to say recently, words have, and this was reinforced uh, in this past Sunday's message, words have the power to heal or to hurt. Words have the power of life and death. And those conversations I skip out on because I'm afraid that they might report me to my company's HR because they didn't like my opinion. Okay. Let's do it. Because ultimately I know two things. One, I'm not going around and, and telling them like they're a piece of crap or anything like that. I'm not telling them they're horrible. I'm not, you know, I'm not disparaging them. They may not like it when they hear, Hey, when they hear that, you know, Hey, the Bible says this about this topic. That's all right. So let's see what this brings up. Let's see where speech takes off legally in America in the next year or so. As well as, let's see what happens when we as Christians stop censoring ourselves because we're afraid of what may happen and start relying on the fact that God has things in control and the number one priority we have in our lives, the number one person we owe allegiance to the number one person that we speak for and speak up for 
is God. And I have a feeling things may change just a little. How? I'm not sure. I guess we're going to see over the next few years. Well, this turned out to be a little bit longer episode than I originally planned for, but that's all right. So thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Use Your Words. And hopefully next week, it'll be both me and Aaron. So it's not just me monologuing into a camera. Catch you later. Bye.